0: Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle Podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle Program, and I am your host, Chris Angle. I am the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. These books are available free for viewing online at www.philosophypublishing.com. The purpose of the philosophical angle is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media and compare the essence of the concept with the usage and circumstances in which the term is being used. So, I was thinking the other day and remembering the United Airlines debacle whereby an armed security force, and I I don't know if they were private or public, came into one one of United's planes to remove a passenger who had peacefully bought his ticket and was sitting there waiting to travel. I was thinking the other day about the significance of this and it struck me. CEOs should not, I'm sorry, CFOs should not become CEOs. And why would that be? Wherefore this ridiculous statement? Let's examine this. Of course we all know that the airlines offered the passengers some sort of stipend to give up their seats so that they could fill it with their employees who had to go to another flight, uh, wherever that might have been. Well as it happens, all of the passengers did not want to give up their seats for whatever incentive that was offered by United Airlines in order to offload one or one or more passengers for their employees. And uh, as everybody knows it it ended up with that passenger um, being forcibly removed by the security group and it was videotaped and it and made it into the news and became a PR catastrophe for United Airlines. Well, the question is on everybody's mind here, how could this be? How could this happen? And, and it's, it's pretty interesting. Why would a company that wants to make money, literally, forcibly attack its source of revenue? What would drive a company to do this? As the, and the pundits have already pointed this out. It's just a matter of offering an incentive. If the incentive is not enough to move the, the passengers, uh, just offer a little more, and eventually at some point, it will be enough for the passengers to come off, uh, as all the commentators have already, have already pointed out. Well, here at the Philosophical Angle Program, we're going to explain why and how this could occur, and how it is that this came about. Let's explain. To begin, we need to construct the basic way people make decisions, as that will lead us to how any corporation decides what to do. Life entities make their decisions by constructing an equation. Life and corporate entities look at the sacrifice they make in order to obtain a reward or an objective. And they'll estimate their time, their effort. They'll estimate the amount of information and knowledge. And they do this within an atmosphere of risk uh, to achieve uh, whatever goal uh, that they have, such as uh, producing a product or service. And and for an individual, it be... For whatever that individual wants to do, such as go down to the grocery store or buy some food or or going down to to buy anything. And uh, we should note that any sacrifice, whether it be a corporate entity or a life entity, is relative to the reward which that sac- that, that that generates uh, a motivation. In other words, the less the sacrifice relative to the reward. The greater the reward relative to the sacrifice, then then the greater the motivation. So when we decide to go and get something like a tube of toothpaste down at the local pharmacy, we can construct the economic equation to be risk plus the time plus the effort plus the knowledge of being able to go down there Uh, within the atmosphere of the risk of going down there and that would equal the reward of obtaining the toothpaste but we need money first don't we and of course we gather that money by going to work and at work we use our time our effort our knowledge about work and of course it is in it is also in an atmosphere of risk and and if it's a product um or a service that we're making, we add, uh, well, like, well, if it's a product, we have to add in material. And the same as the, uh, the toothpaste equation, uh, uh, comes out, just as we've already constructed. We, and we use these ingredients to make a service or, or a product at work for which we are paid money. And in essence, we obtain the money using the same ingredients as as our ingredients noted in in any decisional equation, such as the one we made to go down and get toothpaste. So we take this money, we go down to the pharmacy to buy a tube of toothpaste. Uh, We go get that tube, we bring it to the counter, and and give the money to the cashier. The cashier, of course, allows us to take the tube of toothpaste out the door. Your basic economic transition, uh, transition, transaction. There it is. But there is more. When we're at the pharmacy, we're, we're going over to get the tube of toothpaste. We notice that there are many kinds of toothpaste. There's the expensive type. There's the cheap type. And everything in between with, with all different types and gradations of quality and price. And eventually, we choose one that's commensurate with our priorities of quality versus price. We go up to the cashier, and the transaction happens. We can quantify this again our sacrifice equals the reward of the toothpaste of to the pharmacy. But there's another transaction that's relevant here which we must also delineate. This transaction is the sacrifice of the manufacturer of his time and effort and knowledge and risk in producing the product and then selling it to the pharmacy. The manufacturer gets his reward from the pharmacy in the form of money. Uh, and in turn, the pharmacy gets its reward from the customer, uh, which is that we went down there to get the toothpaste, and we got that money from work. So we really have our so we really have our main equation at the pharmacy, and then we need two additional antecedent equations in order to summarize the entire situation. At this point, everybody is probably wondering what the hell, where the hell is this going? But hang in there. Once we establish the understanding of the economics here, we'll be able to come to some interesting conclusions and apply it to the United Airlines situation. So the important part here is to notice that the manufacturer in producing his products looks out beyond his own self, to the consumer and tries to under, he tries to understand the consumer's priority. And he does this in order to produce a product commensurate with the priorities of the consumers. Thus, a, a manufacturer or, or service provider will make a, a good product starting with the, uh, the cheapest, most basic and And working up to the higher quality with a higher price product as there are are many types of consumers. And all these consumers have all their own priorities of of whether they are to have the best or whether they to have the cheapest and and whether they just want the basic job done or want all the, the sizzle and whatever. And you can see that this is inherent in almost every product sold in America. Another example would be cars. There's a, a huge degree of diversification of, of cars, producing a, a, a complete product gradation of, of cars out there, starting with the most inexpensive, going right up there to the, to the hugely expensive. It's a, a huge set of possibilities that are uh, w- which you are trying to satisfy the various priorities of, of all the consumers out there. Okay. So now, let's take a look at the, Ameri- at, the, at the United Airlines situation. The traveler went to the airline's counter or, or wherever and purchased a ticket wherein the contract says, I will give you money, the money for which I will receive the travel of going from point A to point B. Fair sure enough. enough. This is equivalent to us going down to the pharmacy, getting the toothpaste, putting it on the counter, paying the money, and then receiving from the cashier the toothpaste. The passenger now gets onto the airplane, and we're we're not gonna go into all the details, but suffice it to say, United Airlines breaks the contract. It says, you cannot travel. This would be equivalent to our toothpaste transaction if the pharmacy decided to take out the toothpaste from the tube and use it for itself instead of giving it to the to the customer. The customer, of course, would say, well, hey, 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 give me back my money. and And the pharmacy would. But you would prefer to keep the toothpaste and take it home so you could brush your teeth. The original purpose. So why, why would uh, United Airlines do that? That is, wh- why would they suddenly abrogate the contract? Well, ostensibly, we are told that United Airlines wanted to put in their crew members so, that they, would, so they could be shuttled to, uh, to a different workplace. But the question remains, why would they do that? It's as if the pharmacy took out the toothpaste and said we need it for our purposes. We, we will give you your money or something back or something in place of it. But of course the pharmacy would never do that. But yet United Airlines does and did. What they've done is substituted their own priorities for the priorities of their customer. That is, they took back their product and and they did not sell their product to their own customer. And wh- again, why would they do that? They could have easily solved this problem, as, as we've already seen that the pundits and announcers, they've already told us, by upping the price of the compensation so that the passenger or other passengers could, could change their mind and take the compensation and leave the airplane. And this is the essence of the motivation. It's, it is the comparison of the amount of the reward in contrast to the size of the of the sacrifice so the less the sacrifice and the greater the reward the, the greater is the motivation well here's why they did it the priorities of management have changed from producing a product for the priorities of the consumer to producing a product for the priorities of the internal profitability of the company only Without reaching out to the consumer. In other words, it, it, it has placed the priorities of its own purposes higher than the priorities of the consumers that purchase its products, which is the service of transportation. And to continue, why, why would it, let's further ask, why would a company do this? Well, here it is. They probably have installed as their CEO, CEO, somebody with a finance understanding or a CFO background. The the CEO is no longer a person of production and supply of product, but he becomes one of finance. The priority of the CFO is to maximize profit in the short run each quarter for the stockholders this maximization of profit as its own immediate supreme priority is detrimental to some of the, to some of the corporation's priorities which are those of its of its customers a cfo whose priority remains internal to the company does not reach out to the priorities of the customer Those inside the company that reach out to understand the needs and priorities of the customer are the production people, the sales people, the service providers, and hopefully the CEO who takes in all aspects of the company. Remember our point about the toothpaste company diversifying its product line to be commensurate to the needs and priorities of of its customers? it does this by communicating with its target audience. That—that That is, it seeks to know the priorities of the customer on the other side of the equation, which contains knowledge and information as one of the variables in our little equation. The life production entity that generates its sacrifice seeks to know in advance about the Demand or the reward side of the equation, so in essence, the demand is there and remains there, and it's the duty of the company of any company to prioritize its inner workings to be commensurate with that demand and uh, and as such, it will enjoy the profit that comes from it. There are other examples of other companies changing its priorities from one of production and fulfilling the needs of its customers to to one of immediate short term profit, as exhibited by the priorities of CF of CFOs of, of other various companies. And and a case in point would be General Motors, which bank which went bankrupt uh quite a number of years ago already, but why did such a great company fall from its great heights of producing in excess of 50% of the world's cars? Go from that height down to bankruptcy. Well, I mean, luckily it got a helping hand from the government and it resurrected itself. But my opinion is that its its, it's nature has not really changed enough to allow it to go back to what it once was. Although it's it's doing pretty well now. But to get back about why it went to bankruptcy, it was because its mistake was that it it was in the 70s when production and sales and consumer-oriented priorities were exchanged for the priorities of the CFOs. General Motors uh, CEO's from the 70s and 80s came from the ranks of the CFOs. The finance guys got a hold of the CEO position, and the priorities of the company changed. And here's what happened: the divisions, which used to comp- which used to compete with each other and with the world, started to become non-distinct entities. G- GM had many divisions; it had uh, Pontiac and Chevrolet, uh, Buick. Oldsmobile, Cadillac, GMC, and many other divisions. The CFOs wanted to achieve cost reduction by by reducing the same, uh, by producing the same engine and producing uh, other similar body parts for all the cars in all the divisions. And, and what happened was that the cars in each of the divisions started to look and become the same. It was as if the pharmacy had decided, uh, in our little previous example, that they would put the same toothpaste in all the containers, but they'll allow the labels to remain different. Uh, and uh, ostensibly it would be, it would, it would look to be different products, with a product gradi- gradation of, of low to high, but in reality the contents were, would be converging to be the same product, and this is essentially, uh, GM's history in the, uh, for the last 35 years, well, uh, with GM, uh, the GM soon realized their their customers uh, soon realized that the products were essentially the same. Sales fell, and the company went into bankruptcy. And they it, it went into bankruptcy because bankruptcy because no longer um, uh, they took into the priorities, uh, and the priorities are are knowledge of the consumer. And their of their customer, which are varied in many and and trying to supplant this variation with the uniformity of their product in order to reduce costs and maximize their short term profit. and they did this by supplanting their own priorities, again, not, those are pieces of knowledge for that of the consumer and their customer priorities. And that is the kiss of death for any corporation producing a product or service. And so, my conclusion is that CFO should be kept away from the CEO position of really any company. The CEO should come from the production and the service side of the company that produces the products for their customers and consumers. If you'd like to comment on this program, shoot me an email at chrisangle1 C-H-R-I-S A-N-G-L-E the numeral one at icloud.com Thanks for joining me. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.